Good morning, both online and uh, on campus. We're so glad you guys are here. Uh, we are grateful for the opportunity to share. We always recognize with our online uh, campus too that God is stirring your heart and doing some incredible things. Thank you for joining us on this day of celebration. We'll save a hot dog for you for when you actually can come to campus. Uh, today afterwards, uh, we're gonna celebrate and so stick around, please plan to stick around. We have free food, we've got games, we've got door prizes, we've got uh, face painting. And I know there's adults here that have always wanted to have your face painted and we're gonna <laughs> do that for you. And uh, there are all kinds of fun things coming. So uh, it's gonna be a great time. Just plan to hang out with us and stay and let's celebrate big time. If you haven't had a chance to tour uh, the area over there, we want, we want to uh, have you do that. So feel free after uh, we're done here to go over, venture over there and take a look and see what's going on. In advance, thanks to the guys who volunteered to cook for us today and, and everybody who has helped set up and prepare, paint, do all those things. We're so grateful uh, for you. We have uh, had to mow, you know, to kind of get the lawn in shape and we've been waiting for the rains to stop. So we, we literally, you know, have been mowing in, in water and lakes and rivers. And <laughs> So we're grateful that uh, God helped us and for the manpower and, and those volunteers who came along to help us out. Joshua Generation, online and on campus, we want to welcome you and we uh, are in the last of this particular series, though we continue to be the Joshua Generation, even though we're not talking about it every single week. God has called us for this time, this hour, and there is great work that he has to accomplish for us. Today, I hope we can answer the question of why this was called the promised land. And uh, there are some, so many things that happened in each of these. Uh, what do you watch today with the kids, with the songs that fit exactly into what we're going to talk about today? Uh, that last song, uh, well, this is the second one as well, the promises of God. Uh, but the last song, Ajira is enough. For those of you who may not know a name of God, Jireh, the provider, and God is always enough, right? And the Joshua generation understands that. We understand that we don't need God and, we need God, right? That is suffices. It's enough. It takes care of every single need. He is a faithful provider. Turn, if you will, in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 23, verse 14. We're going to capture just a piece of a great speech that Joshua gave towards the end of his life. And it sets up nicely beginning where we're at. We will allude to other things that uh, he had to say in this particular speech that are for us right now in the season that you and I are living in and inspired that generation to do great things for God. Let's begin at Joshua chapter 23, beginning at verse 14 there. Behold this day, I am going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you not one word of them has failed. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. And we're asking God that you would open our hearts and our understanding to your word today. That we might 
see life change as a result of being inspired by the Holy Spirit, illuminated that these become no longer just words on a page, but life for us as we better understand you as the promise keeper. In Jesus' name, amen. There are few things that hurt us as deeply as broken promises. From the time that we're very young till right now, wherever you're at, there are few things that hurt you so deeply as having someone break a promise. Trust is the reason that we hold to a promise, and mistrust is the reason that we let go of promises. To trust deeply, to believe completely, is uh, the reason that it hurts so bad for us, you know, to uh, experience a broken promise, is when we trust, you know, so deeply and completely, it, is, it involves all of us. It involves the whole of our being. It involves your heart, which is your, your mind and your will and your emotions. It, it involves your body. You make commitments uh, based upon the promises that others have made. How many in, in uh, marriage commitments have given over themselves completely, uh, their bodies in, in marriage? And to have a promise broken or violated, it is against your body. It is also your soul, which is the essence of who you are, your personality. Uh, there have been people who have been so wounded by broken promises that it, it virtually has an impact upon who, who they are as a person, their very essence of, of their being. We give all of our, our trust when someone brings a promise that we trust and believe. We give all of our heart. We give all of our soul. We give all of our body uh, in, in uh, commitment to that promise that we believe is going to come to pass. And yes, there are times that we hear promises and we just hope about them. You know, I hope that comes to pass. You know, uh, that's in a scenario where we don't necessarily trust the promise giver <laughs> as much. Where we say, yes, yeah, sounds really good, and I hope that comes to pass. But that's the, remember the old Reagan saying, trust but verify? You know, that's, that's kind of where we are sometimes. We're trusting, but we'll verify and make sure that happens. Uh, but what I'm talking about this morning is deeper than that trust but verify kind of thing. It's when you lock in on a promise because you completely trust the one who is giving the promise. And the promise is, is really, any promise is only as good as the one who gives it, right? The credentials of the one giving the promise, uh, you know, that, that is, it really says a lot about, you know, whether or not that promise is going to come to pass. You have all, uh, from the time you were younger, heard these pitches from different people about, you, I'm rich and you can get rich too, you know, and, and uh, you know, but they're only as good as the promise, uh, the one who is, is, is establishing the promise or trying to give us the promise, that, that person's credentials, right? And I've often wondered, like, you know, if, if I can make a million dollars working at home, you know, like you did, why aren't you just making a million dollars working at home? Why are you online trying to tell me about making a million dollars you know, why do you want to share this wonderful secret? Well, it comes, you know, we, we all come to realize that they're really not making a million dollars just sitting at home, right? They're making a million dollars by making you believe you can make a million dollars, right? You're going to buy the book, and you're going to buy the tapes, and you're going to, you know, you know we're going to buy the online program, 
And uh, so the credentials often are not a little sketchy at best right when we look around, but we are a generation who has seen the faithfulness of God. Everyone in this room, we have seen the faithfulness of God. We've come through an incredible storm, 2020, beginning of 2021, and we have seen the faithfulness of God. Take a moment right now just to kind of think about how faithful God has been and how his promises have come to pass for you, for your family, and for your loved ones. Those things that you have, which is at the very minimum, the breath of life that's in your lungs right now. Think about the promises that God has fulfilled for your life. We have in common with Joshua this opening statement, which is kind of interesting the way he, he begins in this passage. He says, Behold this day, I am going the way of the earth. Joshua is up in years now, and he's recognizing that his days are numbered. And he says, he begins this speech by saying, all of us are heading this way. <laughs> We're all exiting this life at some point. We don't know exactly when, but I am heading the way of the earth. The way that I was, you know, uh, the way that things are because of, of the nature of sin. And now that man does not live forever, man will pass from this life, live eternally. You won't see me. There'll be a day you'll come into the camp and I won't be here. There'll be a memorial for me. There'll be a funeral for me. There'll be some kind of celebration. But I'm going the way of all the earth. Now, his words are our words. They're recognized easily because we all know we're going to face death at some point. And all that's going to be left behind us once we face death is our story. Michelle and I have recently had a, a, a big move. We sold our home. We moved into another location and we severely downsized and and we got rid of a lot of things and one of the ways that we decided what we would keep you know as we we looked around and we started recognizing that a lot of this stuff you know uh had you know no connection to us at all we would just easily let go of of it but there were little pieces that we thought were legacy pieces pieces that had you know some precious memories you know because we had to save a lot of money to purchase it or or, you know, because we found it somewhere and it was a unique thing. And, and so we picked out a handful of legacy things. Said those will be the things that we keep. Everything else can just go. We can give it away if the kids want it. We can sell it on, you know, uh, on the marketplace. We can um, just give it away to Goodwill. And we did all of those things. A lot of that stuff just went and went in, in several different directions. I remember a guy coming by and We'd given away a, a furniture set, you know, a living room set. And man, he found a way. He already had his truck loaded. It was like, you know, I don't know how he even saw at the back window, you know. And he, and he found a place for all the stuff that was from our house and roped it down and tied it down. And later I was driving out of the community and I saw a large box that had been on his truck that he had just taken off and just set in, a, in an island there somewhere, you know, because he thought, I'm... This stuff that, that I got from them is more precious than this box, and I'm going to drive off with this. Not if it's the box is still here when I come back, you know, uh, I'll, I'll get it. And so it stayed there for like a couple of days. And I thought, wonder what's in the box, you know, this big, big box. So curiosity got the best of me. I pulled over to the side of the road. I went over, opened up the box, and it was a bowling ball, a big one, you know, like those 15, 20 pound bowling balls. I mean, you 
get your fingers in it. You couldn't even lift it. It was a big, big bowling ball. I thought, wow, that's not precious. <laughs> Definitely get rid of that for a couch and a chair, right? I mean, it's like, I don't want the, you know, I can't sit on the bowling ball. So I'm going to decorate my living room with real furniture. We're getting rid of the bowling ball, honey. Oh, no, we've had that all these years. <laughs> We are those who've experienced the grace, the mercy, the blessings, the faithfulness of God. But all that remains behind for us will be our story. Our story will read one of two ways. We embraced the promise keeper or we rejected him for a promise maker. We have a choice how our story will read for the generations that are behind us. We, uh, will our life, you know, be a life of courage, strength, a legacy of faith that we will leave behind to our grandchildren or to those who are watching our lives, and that's how they will remember us, and that's what they will talk about in our ending celebration, or will our legacy be that we kept chasing after things that never really arrived? We were constantly in pursuit of promises that were unfulfilled. And we rejected the ones that were substantial and right in front of us. Will we enjoy the promised land or will we spend our lives serving our own best interest, pursuing after things that really never completely satisfy and that our legacy would be he kept chasing after it and never received it. In this time in which Joshua is making this speech. The wars now are over. And God has given Israel rest among their enemies uh, that have surrounded them. It's not completely finished. There are skirmishes and battles that need to be fought. There are um, things that need to be done here to set up their cities and their towns and set up the laws and make room for uh, a, a for the uh, the works that God wants to do in and among the people that remain. Joshua is old here. He's near death. And the leaders of, of the people, he calls together all of the elders and he, of each of these tribes. And he, he's, he's giving this speech to them, which they will in turn go back to their tribes and convey to them. But just before the death of Joshua, he delivers this, this final speech to them and and I, I just kind of want to remind you a little bit about, you know, the credentials of Joshua coming into this, right? Because he and Caleb are the only ones that remained of that generation that received the promise coming out of Egypt that they would enter into the promised land. Only those two. And so what is Joshua's legacy? He was among those who supernaturally escaped from Egypt. When the angel of death passed over and every life of the firstborn in Egypt was taken, but those who were covered by the blood were spared. Joshua was there. He took part in the crossing of the Red Sea. He saw God's mighty hands divide the sea and he ate of the manna that was in the wilderness. And was empowered to defeat the fearsome Amalekites while Moses interceded for their victory. You might remember that great battle and two 
held Moses' arms up because as long as he held his arms up with the staff, they prevailed and that battle raged for hours and days. And, and as a result, men were supporting him and holding up his hand so that they could fight and continue to fight until they had the complete victory. Joshua was there. He was beside Moses all the way. Joshua was there at the giving of the Ten Commandments. He remembered the solemn covenant that the Lord had made with his people. And Joshua wanted to instill in their hearts the goodness, the faithfulness, the long-suffering, the creator, the, grace, the, the gracious Savior who loved them so. Joshua had been there and he had seen God's faithfulness all the way through. There's probably not another person who has the credentials to deliver the speech that Joshua delivers here based upon his experience. And you know, he says, in all our hearts and in all our souls that not one thing has failed. Of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you, all have come to pass and not one word of them has failed. All your hearts and your souls know God has been faithful. It's a glaring truth which none could deny, standing in the presence of Joshua, who was a living historian. <laughs> he had lived through all this, and he experienced it all. There was no denying. And then they, with their own eyes, had seen since the crossing of the Jordan, all the things that God had done, the great victories. That was, that not one thing, he says, has failed of all the good things which the Lord has spoken concerning you. Particularly concerning the land which God had brought them to, that promised land. And the Lord's bringing them into it, removing all of the old inhabitants and settling them, making room for them, providing for them until they had the ability to provide for themselves. We read earlier when we were in the Joshua generation how that one day God stopped the manna because it was time now to live on the land. They could grow their own crops. They could eat the fruit uh, that was there in the land. It was the land that God had promised, and now that promise was fulfilled. All of the things that God had promised had come to pass. And God had literally moved them as a people from standing on the premises to standing on the promises. It's why we call it the promised land. Because they are now standing on it. It's firm. It is what God said it would be. And it belongs to them as a result of obeying God and following him. This is why we call it the promised land. Not because the world around us agrees with our logic. Not because that the world around us believes the Bible is true. Not because the world around us accepts the existence of God. Not because that you know, they, they agree that Jesus is the only way. Not because the world around us acknowledges eternity spent, will be spent either in heaven or hell. We call it the promised land because we know the promise keeper. And we're standing on the promise. <coughs> we call it the promised land because it's substantial, it's real. We're not 
a part of a promise givers. We're a part of a promise keepers. Walk in relationship. You cannot deny what your heart knows to be true. You can't, uh, you can refuse to act upon it, but you can't deny it. You can either retreat, as he's making this speech to them, the Joshua generation could retreat back to the other side of Jordan. They could walk in disobedience. They could surrender their part of the promise to someone else for some temporal pleasures. They could create false gospel and surrender their life to it. But you can't deny the promises of God. He's a promise keeper in the promised land. At salvation in all of our lives, he conquered your enemies. He liberated you from the bondage of sin. He gave you a place in the land of the free in Christ. You've never known a freedom like you knew when you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. It's the reason a peace swept over you. It's the reason that all things look different because your life was changed in a moment at the invitation of God and the entry of the Holy Spirit. Revolutionized your and my life. He restored your identity. He restored your hope. He restored your purpose in one instantaneous moment. We can deny it, but we've all experienced it who have come to Christ and surrendered their lives to him. We can choose to serve God or we can make ourselves God, but we can't do both. We can choose to follow the word of God or we can choose to follow the philosophies of men, but we can't do both. We can choose to become a member of the non-denominational church of Christ or we can choose to join a denomination and established by men, but we can't do both, right? We can choose to worship in spirit and in truth, or we can choose to worship what pleases us, but we can't do both. We can choose the promise keeper, or we can choose the promise maker we can't do both. The Joshua generation inhabited the promised land, no longer a chosen people. They had to become the choosing people. That's the difference for us living in the promised land. We are not recognized for only being the chosen people of God. We are recognized for being the choosing people who choose God above everything else that's available in the land. All of the other idols we could worship, all of the other things that we could do, we choose God and we put him first. Joshua made sure in his final speech to the leadership of the 12 tribes of Israel that they understood this point, that they were the choosing people now. And here's where he said it in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. 
whether the gods which your fathers served and were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We choose God. We become the choosing generation. And no matter what's happening in and around us, and many of you are facing unique challenges in work environments even, stipulations that are now becoming a part of the code of working in these environments, what will be recognized by you is that you are one who chose God. You chose to live for him on a daily basis. Others will be watching and they'll see not only are you chosen, but you're choosing to put God first. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back. You see, God chose you. He chose me. Now we have the ability to choose God and put him first in our lives in every way. They were living in the promised land. It was a time of surrender 100% to the promise keeper. There are a lot of promise makers around who are promising all kinds of things that they are not empowered to bring to you. But we have a God who is the promise keeper. And what he says is sure and certain. It's a time for us today to choose God first. It's a time for us to unite to finish the mission that God has given to us. It's a time for us to rid ourselves of any kind of idols that are competing with God for first place in our lives. It's a time for us to surrender and choose him with all of our hearts with all of our minds, with all of our souls. And we can do that because we are in the promised land. Joshua generation, you're in the promised land. The land that God has prepared for you today in this hour. He's made room for you. He loves you. He has great things in store for you. And all you need to do is choose him. He is a promise keeper. Will you stand with me? I want to ask this morning, as we're closing out this series, that this would be a moment for us to make full and complete surrender. If there are any places in our lives that we've been holding back and wrestling with God, you know, you can be a believer, you can be a follower of Jesus Christ and still have corners of your life that you've kind of separated out and said, you know, I'm gonna hang on to this and we'll see how it goes, you know? And when your trust has been violated, when it's been, when it, you know, you have promises have been broken to you, it can be challenging then for you to step forward and to say, I don't know if I can trust God with this or that. Can I trust God with my finances? Can I trust God with my relationship? Can I trust God with you know, my future, my job, my career? Can I trust God? Do I, am, can I be all in in all areas of my life? Or is there something I'm holding back? 
And today I believe God is calling us to be 100% in as a Joshua generation. For those of you who are online, hope you're standing right now too. God is dealing with you in your living rooms, right in place where you are right now. God is speaking to your heart. He's saying, I want all of you. I want every bit of you. I want you to belong to me. I am the promise keeper. And I asked you earlier in the message, just think through for just a moment how God has kept his promises for you. You know, there's, we have disappointments. We've had things that have happened. We've had God not answer a prayer that we wanted the, it to be answered a particular way. But in truth, in truth, we can all say, I've never seen God not keep a promise that he made to me. He's never failed me. There's no reason for me to mistrust God. There's a good reason for me to mistrust me. <laughs> there's a good reason for me to mistrust other individuals, but there's not good reason for me not to trust God. So today, that all in, all in. Will you bow your heads with me and let's say it to God. God, we are all in. We don't want anything to be held back. We want to make full surrender to you. We belong to you. You have been faithful to us. You provided manna when we needed it. It just came miraculously. You provided healing for our lives. God, we thank you. You've given us a place, a family, a home. You've given us the breath of life. The song said earlier uh, about uh, Jehovah Jireh is enough. God, you have provided clothing for us. You provided uh, friendships and encouragement, Lord. You provided everything that we need. We're here today because you are our provider. You are a promise keeper, and there's no reason for us to mistrust you. So today, God, we want to be all in. And examine our hearts. If there's any area that we've been holding back with you and saying, I don't know if I should give that yet. I don't know whether I should be all in in that area or not. I don't know whether I should serve and answer the call of God on my life. There are those that, that you're dealing with right now, Lord, both here on campus and online, who are saying, God, help me to make that full commitment, to completely surrender my life, 100% holding nothing back. Let God deal with it right now. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We surrender it. We give it to you. Take a moment to thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you for keeping your promises. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you that this is a day of celebration for our church family and, and our kids, our Grace kids. Thank you for all of your blessings, Lord. We thank you. We are grateful. We praise you, Lord.